What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn some new tricks and find a better way. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. And here in Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. How's it going, Dan? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, we were discussing before we started, uh, we are both enjoying um, a lovely LaCroix. I don't know what you, I know what brand yours is, but yes. the the sparkling seltzer water movement has uh, has swept. I mean, it's just overtaking us all so desperately, hasn't it? I mean, it's incredible. It's um, it's refreshing, and it's got a little more uh, mojo than a glass of water. So why not? Why not? Better than soda. Not as good for you as just plain water. And I had somebody tell me there's nothing in it, and I said, "Well, taste it." You can't tell me there's nothing in it. Something's in that. They're not telling you there, what exactly. There is, in fact, something. And natural flavor could mean lots of things. Um, well, the word that the word that um, Lacroix is using is essence, which apparently is vague enough to not trigger any kind of you know FDA yeah concern. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's uh, tasty, and I drink a lot of them, so off we go. Right. And you know, poop is a is a natural flavor as well. Mm. It's not a good one, but uh, it is natural. I will be interested to see if they come out with a poop flavored liqueur. Yeah, they probably won't. Actually, when um, at my at my office, they had one Are of those there? freestyle machines that had the sparkly oh, water in it, and um, I drank so many that like I went to the dentist and they were like, "Have you been like drinking sparkling water?" I'm Guns like, up. "Yeah, why?" They're like, "Your teeth are like messed up." So apparently, the uh, something about that is not good for your uh, for the pH balance of your uh, your mouth hole. So in summation. Uh, sparkling water is good. Hydration is a plus. Good stuff. <coughs> Anyhow, <laughs> we're a high class operation around here. Hey man, this is this is ha- what you this is what you get. It's true. This is our free time deal. So ha- I was, uh, you were regaling me of your uh, your tales of baseball greatness. How did uh, <laughs> how did that show? Go? Well, um, it was interesting. Um, it was. Um, you know, we were we were told it would be an hour long um, show. When we got there, the um, the manager of entertainment for the ballpark, who is a an extremely busy um, young woman in her early twenties, um, aren't they all? Yeah, um, let us know it was actually going to be forty five minutes. So we made some quick adjustments to the set list and called some audibles. Um, they uh, brought out two wireless mics on stands and set them up in front of our mains. And that was how they put us on the ballpark's big PA. Wow. uh, We couldn't hear any of their PA from where we were because um, we were standing next to our PA. But Mm -hmm. um, word was it it sounded pretty good actually out in the house. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly. Um, I mean, they, you know, we, we play through a tower array system. So they were pointed right at sort of the mid range crossover section. Mm -hmm. There would have been no base. There would have been no treble. Um, but, you know, in the ballpark, it, it's got those time issues anyway. Yeah. You know, the the guy giving the speech, you know, today, today I feel like like luckiest man, man. It's all of that was happening yeah. in the ballpark. So I'm sure we were a mess. Um, yeah. And they were talking over top of us and doing announcements over top. We were ba- totally background music in, in the big house. But I can say I've now played through a PA system designed for 30,000 people, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, uh would we do it again? So the, you know, it was a, it was an exposure gig. We yep. knew that, um, the, the biggest part of it was schlepping equipment, you know, 45 minutes of playing, 
given we brought our own PA is not, not much. Um, at the end of the evening, what we got out of it was free hamburgers and one Facebook like. (laughs) Okay. So on its face, that doesn't seem very worthwhile. Um, I think if they were to approach us again for next season, we probably would say, you know, um, we either need, we either need there to be a budget and, you know, you've got thousands of people coming and buying tickets. Presumably <laughs> you could scrape together some bucks for the band yeah. or, um, we need more of a marketing effort out of you. Cause really there was, there was, um, there was an image they made and posted on their website in a blog post hidden on their website about the bands that were playing. It was one image that had the whole schedule for the whole season. Yeah. And, um, they really didn't, I mean, you know, if they had made a, a post on their Facebook page, which has several tens of thousands of followers with a link to us the week of that would, I mean, even just incidental traffic through that would have been a huge spike in our prominence. And, you know, even just that gesture would have made it worthwhile. I, I, you know, I did as I always do the next morning and made a post that tagged them and said, thank you. And, um, there was no, not even a like out of their account yeah. for that. I mean, it was sort of, it was sort of like, I was sort of left with the feeling like they, they, um, I appreciated that they recognized that live music adds value to something, but I didn't feel like I was really well partnered with. I've kind of felt like they took that value and didn't provide much value back. So they let, did they, they, they left the cheeseburger on the nightstand. I, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, but it was fun. We had a good time. We didn't play long enough to get even in a groove. I mean, we were all, um, it was not our best playing and we had our, our, um, our second drummer with mm-hmm. us. Um, um, so it, it didn't quite feel like it always feels, you know, there's, so there were some reasons why it wasn't just fantastic, but, um, but it was a good time. And we had, interestingly, we sold a bunch of tickets. We had our people come out. We had fans show up who I didn't even expect, but people I've seen before at our, at our stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of our set, they were all sort of collected back there at the little stage. This stage was, um, you know, if you stood on home plate and pointed over the third base mm-hmm. up into the bleachers behind the backfield, that's pretty much where the stage was. So we were not placed prominently, even though we were in the PA. Um, right. I believe you could see us from everywhere in the bleachers, but um, we would have been tiny. Yeah. Um, but by the end of our show, we had 20, 25 people, maybe 30 people back there dancing along with us, and they were our people. Um, so we sold some tickets for them too, um, um, which is – Yeah, that's, a, that's another good leverage point exactly. if they do come back. Exactly, exactly. So, so it was a good time. I probably, I probably wouldn't do it again. I will say we're booked heavy over the next, um, couple of weeks. We're recording this on a Thursday night. I have gigs Friday and Saturday and then next Saturday. And then I have two gigs with, with Viva La Muerte in the following week and another Lincoln's gig the following Saturday. So it's nice all in. It's like six gigs in three weeks. Okay. Starting tomorrow. So, um, so it'll be intense. It'll be, it'll be intense. It'll be fun. Good. Good stuff. So uh, when we last checked in, I was heading out of town to Nashville, um, which was awesome. Uh, I quick backstory: I went I went to college at Middle Tennessee State University, and I believe it or not, have a degree in music business. They have a music business degree program there, and I have a piece of paper that says that I learned something. Um, so the, the upside to Nashville is that it feels like home. 
um, I got to have dinner with two of my good friends that I haven't, I don't get to keep up with a lot. Um, the funniest thing that happened was we were staying at an Airbnb right in smack dab in the middle of downtown Nashville, like right, like on second Avenue, you know, two blocks from Broadway, which is just, if you've never been to Nashville is just a hot mess. It's just touristy stuff. But the, the loft that we were in was gorgeous and a really cool building. And so, um, you know, we normally wouldn't be down that way, but it was like, ah, you know, why not? So when we, we got there right around lunchtime and, um, the, uh, the place wasn't available yet. So we're like, we'll just go down on Broadway, have a drink and uh, see what's going on. So I went to a place called nudie's honky tonk, uh, which is right on Broadway. It is a, um, it's a bar and live music venue that, uh, is based around uh, a guy named nudie Cohen who did all those crazy rhinestone suits for all the country singers back in the day. Nice. So the main focal point of that place is that his, 1960 whatever Cadillac Eldorado covered in silver dollars is hanging from the ceiling of this bar. Like it's driving up the wall and right below it is a stage. So, um, you know, they've got live music going all day long and we were sitting there having a drink and I checked the schedule and my friend, Aerith, who was in, uh, an Atlanta band called love rush that I played with, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago was literally starting in 15 minutes. Cool. I was like, babe, we got to stay. So um, we hung out and he came in and, you know, I, I didn't tell him we were coming because I didn't know. And so we had a quick minute where we uh, we caught up and then he started his set. By the way, four hours straight, no break. Wow. Two to six. Wow. PM. <clears throat> wow. And um, and then I, I ended up actually getting up on stage and doing a doing a tune which was fun. Um, so I can cross that off my bucket list of, you know, things I don't have to do, uh, again. (laughs) I sang on stage at a honky tonk on Broadway in Nashville. So, um, other than that, just, uh, hanging out with friends, eating food, uh, went to Carter vintage guitars, uh, which is just a beautiful place to be. And, um, yeah, good times. And then we came home and played a private event on Saturday. Uh, that was the one where I had to find a sub uh, last minute because our, our bass player didn't know about it. And um, after completely losing my mind about finding somebody, uh, another bass player friend recommended this guy who um, does uh, does corporate work like we do. I'd never met him before, never heard of him. Um, he showed up and he freaking crushed it. Mm. I was very pleased. He was a super nice guy. And, uh, I, you know, that's one of those things where he showed up, he was prepared, he was low key, he was low maintenance, and, um, he will be getting lots of calls from me moving that's forward. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Just total pro. Um, I, I was like, we, we actually, you know, that, that was kind of a weird gig cause we were, they weren't really paying our normal rate and, uh, they were kind of giving us grief about, um, about the venue and, you know, they wanted it to be outside and, you know, it poured buckets on Sunday or Saturday. So we ended up playing inside their secondary quote unquote, worst case scenario venue was a clubhouse with 30 foot ceilings. (laughs) That was probably, I don't know, 40 yards long. So like basically like a really fancy living room, the size of a concert hall. That was that was what they were trying to avoid. 
Yeah, they'd be ashamed to be in there. Well, that's where we ended up being because it was pouring rain. And yeah. so there was a stage and a, and a tent outside that was soaked. And we played inside in the air conditioning. And it was awesome. The crowd was great. We played really well. And uh, I had a very, very nice time. So um, everything, all's well that ends well. Um, next thing for me is uh, more Fanny Pack Friday prep. I finalized the set list. And uh, this is the one where I've got two subs on it. So I'm still kind of freaking out. But we're... Uh, we're trying to get a rehearsal together and uh, hopefully that'll be that. And uh, on to the next thing, our October, October is usually busy for us. Something about eighties bands and Halloween parties just kind of go together. So sure, sure. our, um, our, our dance card is filling up. So good. We're in a good spot. Very good. Ooh, I'm going to have another sip of LaCroix. Of course. Tonight's episode of Cover Band Confidential is brought to you by LaCroix. <laughs> if we had another dozen listeners, we could hit them up for Please, LaCroix, just send us free sodas. That would be really, <laughs> really, really great. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, money's going to you anyway, so. Yeah, I don't know if you've been noticing when I, on the show notes, I, I've, I've been saying the last few episodes that uh, t- today's episode is sponsored by no one. <laughs> so. If we could get a LaCroix endorsement, that would be that would be massive. Yeah. Well, our last couple episodes have been a little dark, so I think we can they have been. cheer up a little bit and have some some bubbly, effervescent fun. Yes. And on that note, why don't we dive into <laughs> the subject for today? Yeah. Well. <laughs> so tell tell us the backstory as to why we are having this conversation. You know, um, many times uh, uh, as the days go by between opportunities to record a podcast episode. Some conversation will flare up among the um, cover band um, online conversation participants and a whole bunch of crazy, um, because it's the internet, a whole bunch of crazy will come out and render its opinion. And um, by the time those threads are several hundred comments long, uh, I've um, either had a sense of humor failure about them or... um, or not, but <laughs> one way or another, it makes it clear that there's some sort of um, question in the minds of some people about how things um, uh, are done. And since I'm an opinionated person, and I actually have studied a few things about this, um, I propose uh, when those things happen to Adam that we uh, that we have a conversation about it and kind of get clear about how things are meant to work. So in this case, the um, epic uh, tale of inaccuracy and um opinion masquerading as fact <laughs> uh centered around uh topics called incorporation business structure and tax yeah and uh the that thread was terrifying i am um, that was one of those things where i i didn't catch it on the front end and i saw the subject and I saw the number of comments. I loaded just one little section. I was like, "Nope, I'm not. I'm not in, like, do not engage." I just kept on scrolling. It wasn't. It was not worth it. And not two seconds later, you were like, "Did you see that thread?" I was like, I, "We're not. No, I'm not doing this." Right. So uh, we we definitely agreed that it was a good topic to dive into. So. Yep. Yep. So um, <clears throat> let's see. Let's deal with business structures first. Yeah. So is your, are your projects incorporated? What's, what's the business structure for your, your gigs? As of right now, because of the, um, you know, this is, this is very much a side hustle, uh, a hobby type thing. Um, we are not incorporated. Um, 
I've been back and forth about creating an LLC um, or doing a sole proprietorship. And um, financially, it hasn't quite hit that point. But based on some some stuff that happened uh, over the past couple of weeks, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, um, that may be changing. Okay. So as of right now, I'm uh, I I this is just you know additional income, um, and I'm using uh, QuickBooks self employed to uh, monitor the um, my expenses. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, so. Um what then is the reason a person might incorporate? Is it for, is it for, here's the key question. One of the key questions. Yes. Is there a tax advantage to incorporating your band? No. The answer is no, there is not. <laughs> there is not. There is not. And look, I'm not going to harbor any, well, maybe if you, no, no, there is not. There is no advantage. All right. And, um, yeah, there is, there is there is no advantage in terms of taxation. Now, here's taxation, the advantage yes. of incorporating your band is that it separates your finances from the band's finances. And if something Correct. goes horribly wrong at a gig and you are going to get sued, having a corporate structure in place means they can only sue you for the assets the corporation has and your own personal assets can't be touched. However, if you are a... Um, well, and like it or not, whether, you know, if you're just a hobbyist, what you are is a sole proprietorship. That's the default. Yeah. If you're a sole, sole proprietorship, then your own personal assets are vulnerable to lie there. You know, that's, that's the, you know, that's the liability that's limited by a limited liability company. Yes, that is, by the way, that is what LLC stands for, limited folks. Liability company. It does what it says on the tin. It limits your liability. You can only be sued for, you know, the, the, the company's assets can be sued, but your own personal liability is, is relieved. Okay? Yeah. However, taxes are done exactly the same way. In fact, an LLC is what's known as a pass-through entity, which means that its uh, incomes and expenses are reported on your personal taxes, the owner's personal taxes on a form called a Schedule C, which is the same Correct. form that a self, that, you know, that the name of that form is self-employment tax. So even if you mm-hmm. have an LLC, it's going to get reported on your personal taxes and the math is all exactly identical. Yep. Now, if you have an S-Corp or a C-Corp, those are different kinds of incorporations that are a little more structured and sort of meant for bigger entities. Um, the taxation comes, it, it, the taxes work out money-wise the same, but the company has to file its own tax filing and probably you need <laughs> professional help with that. Um, um, I, I did when I had one of those. And so yeah. that costs a little extra money. So you actually come out behind tax-wise once you figure in the tax prep costs. Yeah, the S-Corp and C-Corp, um, depending on which state you live in, there's there's a few more hoops to jump through. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to get that kind of classification for uh, for whatever it is you're doing, um, and if you you know we can get as granular as you guys want, but uh, I would highly recommend if you are curious about these kinds of uh, topics to look into the specific tax laws of the state that you live in, yep. um, or in this case the country you live in, because you know what we are talking about refers to um, U.S. entities only. Um, we do have listeners from all over the world, which feels crazy to say, but it's true. And, um, yeah, Australia and Sweden and the UK and, um, most places that speaking, which somebody, somebody, you know, tuned in. 
at least once. But yeah, the, these are all things that you do need to consider. Um, and, and you, and you need to, uh, find out what your, what your local municipality has to say about it. Yep. Yep. So, uh, for tax reasons, there's absolutely no need to incorporate. You might want to incorporate for liability protection reasons. Um, but even that, uh, you, it's a judgment call whether you feel like that's worth it or not. It is the safest, safer thing to do, I suppose. Yeah. Um, there, there's, you know, I've, I've read some articles about when is a good time and when isn't, and it, you know, most of them say it kind of revolves around a particular monetary amount. Mm-hmm. If you make X amount of dollars a year doing this thing, it would be advantageous for you to incorporate um that number fluctuates i've heard i've heard twenty five thousand. i've heard forty thousand. Yeah. um and if you're you know you're making a hundred bucks on a weekend you know <laughs> you probably are are probably you're probably fine the way you are right but that whole thread started because somebody was asking <laughs> about a 1099 yes um, well that's the nice thing to talk about that's nice but but before you get to that yeah um I want to say the, the corporate structure that I have set up. Yes, please. So um, I have, I, my band, the Clanky Lincolns, is Dan Ray, sole proprietor, doing business as the Clanky Lincolns. And you actually have to register a, uh, it's called a certificate of assumed name. Um, in, and in every locality, it's going to be a little different. Here in North Carolina, the state has delegated that to the county. So I filed that with the county registered deeds. And they, mm-hmm. they do a search uh, to see that the name is not in use. Incidentally, in all of North Carolina, there appear to be no registered company names with the word clanky in them at all. Good on you. Right? So I actually registered while I was there it, because it costs the same filing. You put you can put as many names as you want on a piece of paper. So I registered the Clanky Lincolns and Clanky Endeavors. <laughs> uh, and why I did that, the only reason I did that was because that piece of paper is required if you're going to walk into a bank and get a checking account in the name of your band, which yep. which was the next thing I did, so that I can now receive checks in the name of the Clanky Lincolns, which was that was like the one last piece of professionalism I didn't have in place. I had to, you know, people hired us, and all of our conversation and communication was under the name of the band, but then I had to have them write a check to Dan Ray, which is a little yeah. a little lame. So yeah, we're doing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a piece of cake. You know, fire, filing the name was. 20 bucks, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, it was an hour of sitting with a person in a bank while they tapped on a keyboard for much longer than would have thought necessary, um, to set up an account. And now yeah. we can do that. And, um, and I have Venmo set up so that I can deposit into the, the band's checking account and then Venmo out money out of that to the, to my players. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of that required any kind of corporate structure at all. It's all, you know, registered, doing business as a DBA name with the county yep. and then uh, a bank account. So I, um, you know, for the people who like me were <laughs> embarrassed because I actually had a guy, we played a gig and then they handed us a check written out to the clanky Lincolns and I couldn't cash it. <sighs> couldn't, and I, and I, you know, he handed it to me and I was like, Oh dude, I'm sorry. I got to have you do this again. And it was at like a, 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 a a club and the treasurer wasn't in and he'd be in tomorrow. I was like, just added this whole piece of complexity to it. That was totally unnecessary if I had done the legwork up front. So, um, so I really actually recommend doing that. It's really easy to do. Um, I did it all in one afternoon and it was all set up. Awesome. So, so then, so then there is, um, OMG, 
this venue wants to give me a 1099. First of all, is that a, um, am I being ripped off? Uh, <laughs> it is, um, how do I, how do I handle that? Why can't they just slip me cash under the counter? Like every place else does. Uh, does that kind of, kind of cover the, the range? Yeah. Of I, I, for a second, I thought you were reading it verbatim oh, no, for a no, second. No, 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 no. So Dan, what is a 1099 and what is it for? All right. So 1099 is a tax form again for our our international listeners. um, You may have something similar in your locality, but we have no idea about that. So us, (laughs) this is a form from the U S IR international revenue service, internal revenue service, internal, not international, explicitly not uh, uh, just the national. Um, And this is the form where you report to the IRS Funds that you have paid to an independent contractor. Yeah. And how much money does a uh, does an entity have to pay you in order to require them to put that form, limited, write that form out? $600. Once they've paid you $600, they are required by law to file with the IRS that they have paid you that $600. And they, and they, and they, um, they tell the IRS that and give the IRS your social security number so the IRS knows who you're talking about. And yep. so that when you file, they can make sure that that income is there on your return. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it's bad It's bad news for people who are trying to cheat on their taxes yep. and not declare their income, but it is the legal method for which um, independent contractors uh, you know, declare how much money they make. Right. Right. Now, it is also true that a lot of venues you play are just going to hand you cash and that's never going to get reported. Yeah, that is a fact. Um, and I'm not necessarily out to change the world about that. I don't think, um, I don't think it's our job to make our customers um, toe the line on their own taxes necessarily. Yeah. It's really not any of our business. Yeah. Um, and there are, there are interesting loopholes that I have been um, – witness to um if you like if if a band one of my bands would like play the same venue multiple times uh they'd issue a 1099 to each individual member mm-hmm. so you know you were only getting dinged for that one time even though you might have played there five or six times so each they, um, as they rotate they'd rotate which member got paid right 1099 yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that is a way that's not, that's a way, you know. that's a way the, the thing yeah. that attended. So if I'm a venue, why I want to do a 1099 is because see, I made those, you know, those dollars that I'm going to hand you under the table. And if I don't say something to the IRS about that, then I owe the IRS the tax on that money. Mm-hmm. However, if I write out a 1099 and I report that I gave you that money, I no longer owe the IRS tax on that. You do. Right, the way of passing the tax liability on to the independent contractor, whose whose revenue it really is, until you know, until somebody takes it home, it's a business expense for me, right? So mm-hmm. it's actually, you know, it, it relieves me of the tax liability on that money, and it puts that ta- tax liability on the person who just got reported to have received it. Now, as a band leader, I've mm-hmm. I've now got a ten ninety nine filed under my name. Yep. And cash, Me too. cash in my hand, and I hand mm-hmm. that cash out to my guys. And yep. uh, at some point, 
I will have done that for $600 worth of payments to them. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I'm going to file a 1099 for each of them. Yep. Because that tax liability also shouldn't be mine. I gave them, you know, there are four of us. I gave out three times as much as I kept. Right. I'm not going to pay tax on all of that. I'm going to 1099 them and they're going to report that income on their taxes and pay taxes on that. Correct. That's, that's really the right way to do it is to pass through the tax liability and the tax burden all the way to the person who ended up with the money in their pocket. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the year slash beginning of the following year, what should you expect in the mail? So, uh, you'll get, you'll get a copy of that. You'll get a copy of that 1099. Mm-hmm. Um, your 1099 filing will go with your annual, um, tax return. So it's a, it's a two-part form, and you're going to fill out both parts. One part goes with your tax return, and the other part goes to the person who you are reporting to have given that money to. Yeah. So basically, right before, you know, at the end of the quote-unquote fiscal you know, year um, and before tax season, or right around when tax season starts, um, those venues will probably send you a, you know, a cumulative mm-hmm. document of all of the income that they have paid yep. you. Um, and that is what you will then use to put onto your tax returns. Um, now, we've done this a couple of different ways. Um, there have been years, actually, in in members only's case, this is the first year that I have uh, passed the taxes on to my guys. Um, up to this point, we have uh, shouldered the financial uh, burden of paying taxes on our earnings uh, for a number of reasons. One, I you know. I wanted to, we were comfortable enough to do it. And we were also spending a lot of money investing in the infrastructure around the band that even when we were, you know, quote unquote, shouldering the the load, we were spending way more than we were making, Mm -hmm. you know, buying the PA and um, all of the stuff that goes into building a business. So uh, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And we weren't really, you know, declaring that kind of stuff. Um, so it, it ended up being mostly a wash, uh, this year we've been, we've been very, we've been very fortunate. And, um, you know, I let the guys know at the end of last year, like, Hey, uh, I'm going to do this for you guys, uh, this year, but next year we're going to go ahead and do it, you know, like everybody else does it. So, yeah. Like the professionals do (laughs) one of the things that, you know, um, there are two angles I hear on people trying to complain about this. One is that, um, you know, in the good old days, the pros didn't, whatever, whatever. That's nonsense. If this is a business, you pay tax on it. That's <laughs> that's yeah. a professional thing to do. Well, it's also the patriotic thing to do. Well, that too. I mean, because there is this whole other, you know, people get loud about how taxation is theft. And I'm not going there except to say that we live in a society and pay your damn part. Yeah, this is not a libertarian. Um. <laughs> no. God bless libertarians. So, Your ideas are fine uh, until you get them out of a vacuum chamber. And nah, let's not open. let's not open that up. You know, we're gonna get emails. Oh, well, that'd be better. You know, we love emails. D- yep, different strokes for different folks, I suppose. Yes. The point is, um, the point is, you should pay your taxes. Um, yes, because the IRS um, really is not kidding around about taxes. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, they mean business. So it's true. You should do it. Um, Just to step back to something you just said, Adam, you, you, did you expense all of that, um, 
you take business business expense deductions for all of that um, investment you did? I did. Did you depreciate any of it, or is it was it all one time? No, I did a lump sum. Um, it just it, given the way that we had financed it and and how we were planning on using it, um, the juice wasn't really worth the squeeze doing the calculations and the filing. Yeah. So we just did a one time lump sum, and uh, that's that. Okay. You know, we we had debated on doing that with the vehicle that we used to drive our stuff, but again, it it is a 90% personal vehicle right. that we use 10% of the time for business. So it didn't seem, um, it, it didn't seem like a wise use of our time. Now, if I ended up, if I ended up buying a DeLorean and converting it into hmm. a time machine, right. uh, we would do it that way and would value the depreciation and all of that jazz. Sure. But, um, this is, you know, the grocery getter, that hauls PAs yeah. on the weekends yeah. sometimes. So. Yeah, the point is, you you know, you really want to track every penny you spend on gear because it can all be claimed as a deduction on your it taxes, can. every cent of it. And um, there are a number of things that I took as a lump sum deduction in the last year. I am actually depreciating the PA, which means you you sort of you split the deduction of it over several years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, like a durable purchase like that, something that you expect to use over a long time. Um, and you don't need to get over some threshold to, you know, break even on your taxes or something. You can split it out over several years. So I've got a nice deduction coming on the PA over the next next year and the year after. Um, yeah. So I really I really recommend a tax professional to do this work with you and talk you through the pros and cons of it. I got somebody who's really fantastic here in Greensboro. Um, uh, in fact, I played her husband's wedding or her husband's. Um, birthday last year. <laughs> well, so wedding would have been interesting. Um, yeah. So she hired us after doing our taxes for a couple of years. Um, so uh, that's, um, it's just a good idea to have a pro look at this stuff and they can, they can do sort of um, speculative math, some if then sort of logic and see what the best, best case is for how to, how to work out the income versus the expense and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But that's really not something I think is worth my own time and brain power. I got other things that I need to put my attention on. So, I, uh, so I let's, I do want to talk about that a little bit because, you know, I hear that a lot from, from certain people that, um, you know, th- this can't be done, you know, you need a professional. And I don't think that's entirely true. No, no, no it can um, be there, done. It can be done. There's I, some, there are some really good resources for, uh, guys like us who are doing what we're doing. Yep. Um, and I'm a, I'm a, I'll go ahead and, and do my little song and dance about uh, QuickBooks Self-Employed. Uh, it, is an, it is an app for your phone uh, as well as a website. And um, I'm using it to track the band's expenses. And it is literally, it's as easy as swiping left and right because that's how you go in. What it does is it syncs up with your, um, your bank accounts and your credit cards, whatever accounts you want to sync to it. Um, and you, you know, you just review what you spend and, you know, swipe left if it's, uh, if it's personal and swipe right if it's business, right. add a description and then you move on. And the, same, and the other thing that it does that's fantastic is that it tracks your miles in real time. So if you get in the car and you drive from one spot to the other, it logs it. So you don't even have to remember where you were or where it was or how far you went because it, it, the, the phone is actually tracking, you know, your, your mileage yeah. as you go. Yeah. So it's, it's about as foolproof as it can be. Um, and you can also do things like, you know, you can submit 
the payments that you make to the band is contract labor. So I mean, it does all of those, it does that mechanism for you. Um, and it's been really helpful. It's, it's a little depressing though, because I'm looking at my dashboard right now and, uh, based on what we've made and (laughs) what we, uh, what we have spent, I am $3,000 in the hole this year. Mm. Now, mind you, that's for a lot of different things. And, um, a thousand dollars of that is just mileage alone. Right. Cause we, we had some real long drives, um, this year we did that, you know, a couple of out of state runs and, you know, 50 cents a mile, they add up. It does. I'll tell you when you, you mentioned that, um, that app on the podcast, I don't know, a month or two ago. Yep. Um, and I went and looked at it and I looked at some of its competitors um, and I found a, a thing that does a slimmed down version of that. It has a paid version that would do all m- more of the things that you said. Mm-hmm. But uh, this app is called Hurdler, H-U-R-D-L-R. It's a terrible name, but what are you going to do? <laughs> um, and it's doing basically the same mileage tracking thing. And it, you know, you swipe left and right. I think they stole the whole idea and are doing it on the cheap. Um, but since since you talked about that and I found this app, I have accumulated $292 in deductions on mileage alone. Sweet. So there you go. That's, and that's, I've never tracked mileage cause it just was going to be too much of a pain in the butt and too much pen and paper. And, but this is trivially simple and it's free money. So yeah, you should do that. It is fun yep. to run your own business. <laughs> yes, but you know, I mean, we have always kind of looked at this, uh, this band as a, um, as an adventure and as a way to have margin. Um, a friend of mine called, he's got a similar kind of deal. He calls it a lifestyle business. Right. Right. So it's, it's a thing that you can use to, you know, to have extra money to do things that you enjoy. Um, and even, you know, with the deduction saying that I'm, you know, $3,000 in the hole, I'm not, I haven't really lost $3,000. It's just based on the money, that's come in and the money that we were spending on other things while we were doing those things, it, you know, on paper, it comes out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not losing a thousand dollars on mileage. It's just, that's how, you know, it's how the taxes are, are formulated. So, um, it's been, you know, it's been good for us and we've used it to do all kinds of stuff. We've used it to fund trips. We've used it to pay off, you know, debt and, you know, there's all different avenues, but it is important that if you are going to do this seriously, that you treat the financial part of it seriously as well. Yep. So. All right. To recap, no need to incorporate if you're 90% of the people listening, but you should look into it anyway. I think yep. that, uh, setting up an assumed name and getting a bank account in your band's name is a great idea. It, if nothing else, because it looks professional. Because it looks professional. And then only because it looks professional. Um, Pretty much. Um, and then when the bar hands you money in cash, say thank you. And when they 1099 you. Say, say thank you as well. Say thank you. Also say thank you. No, don't ever yeah. not say thank you. Um, and then distribute 1099s to your guys once they hit $600 for the year, which hopefully will not be further past, say, February or March. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other thing that's that's crazy to think about is that, you know, I have spent um, over $18,000 this year on contract labor. Mm, yeah. So yeah, my guys gonna, are doing all right. Taxes on that. You shouldn't. Nope. It's not your money. No, yeah, because I, I that's not my money. <laughs> I don't have it. Yeah. So. Exactly. 
And now I know that and I can keep track of it in real time. Perfect. So the, um, the thing that I was referencing earlier about considering, you know, incorporating is that I, uh, I am in the process of launching a, um, a, con- a freelance firm yeah. for my, um, for my job. Uh, I am, I kind of re- reached the point in where I'm working right now that there wasn't really any growth potential and, you know, it was just kind of starting to affect my general well-being. I mean, I've talked about it multiple times on, on the podcast that I've just kind of felt like, you know, in a rough spot. And I think part of it was, was that I was going to a job where just things weren't going anywhere. Um, so I have, uh, made the decision to leave that job and I'm going to attempt to, uh, to start a, a consulting firm, uh, doing Apple based support. And, um, I've got a little bit of cushion. I've got about two months worth of expenses kind of piled up um, to uh, to see if I can drum up business, and I'll give it a go. I I've got a I got a website and a bunch of social media accounts set up. And worst case scenario is I go get a job. Yeah, very good. Congratulations. So it's great. Yeah, it's um it's scary. I'm yes. I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. But um, it could be good. Could be could could be fruitful. Um, you know if if I did the math right and I can get the kind of business, uh, I would like, I could make more money doing, um, working less time, mm-hmm. which would be actually good for everything else that I'm doing. Right. So, um, I'm hoping that, uh, that, that is the case and that, um, yeah, we can, we can try something different for a little bit. Very good. And I can start another podcast, you know, small business confidential or something. That's right. Cause that's exactly what, the iTunes store needs is another small business entrepreneurial podcast. Yeah. 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 Well, in the meantime, I've had a couple of really good interviews for really great positions and, um, I expect something's going to move here in the next week, two weeks, something like that. So fantastic. I've actually, that's the other thing that's like when I was like, I'm not looking really for anything in particular. I've gotten a bunch of random, Hey, you want to go have coffee? Would you Mm -hmm. like to meet for lunch? I'd Mm -hmm. like to talk to you about some stuff. So, um, you know, just taking the season as it comes and gonna, you know, hope for the best. And yeah. To new beginnings. There you go. To new beginnings. I would toast I would toast you, but I finished my lacroix about I twenty minutes ago. Well, we'll just here. Empty empty can toast. Yep. Love it. Nice. We should finish every episode like that. We should. And maybe not always with lacroix. <laughs> maybe something uh, a little more Yeah, I I have no beer in the house. Yeah. We um we are fresh out. Uh, and I made tacos tonight and I was not only do it, oh. did I not have beer, but I didn't have tequila. Ooh. So I had to make do with like a, I made like a rum drink. Well, I mean, it's, it, it, it was fine. Yeah. It worked, yeah. but it wasn't beer or tequila. Well, I'm sure you can rectify that. Well, and you know, since I, I won't be working in an office, you know, I can, there's way more opportunities to, mm. you know, to try new cocktails at odd hours of the day. Exactly. Exactly. All right, man. All right. I was uh, I was worried that this was going to be a bit of a uh, a bit of a ball ache of a conversation, but it <laughs> no, really it, it was really good. It's fun. And listen, I'm I'm willing to bet people have questions. I'm willing to bet their stuff that we blew past. I'm willing to bet people yep. have oh yeahs or what abouts or you didn't mentions. Um, so uh, what's that uh, email address, Adam? Uh, that would be coverbandconfidential at gmail dot com. Yeah. Uh, it is. You know, the phone lines are always open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's right. Our Gmail never sleeps. 
It doesn't. And, you know, we, uh, we really are motivated to, you know, to help you guys to help you learn new stuff and, and to do what you do better, uh, based on what you hear on this, uh, on this little rinky dink show that we do every week. So please do reach out. Speaking of, um, uh, uh, my wife today told me that at work today, she listened to a couple of episodes, uh, of this podcast. And, um, I said, what did you, what did you think? And she kind of said, ah, "You guys are nerds." Yep. And uh, it was kind of it was kind of a compliment. I was I was pretty proud. But the, we um I, I I actually forced my wife to listen to one as we were driving up to Nashville, and I like to listen to podcasts at one and a half speed because um, I mean this there's a challenge in doing a show like this because Dan and I are not in the same room. We're not even in the same state. Um, so there's, there's always kind of like weird, awkward pauses and that kind of stuff where you, you know, you can't see the other person. So the right. conversation kind of, you know, we've gotten way better than, you know, than when we started, <laughs> but, yes. um, listening yeah. at one and a half speed kind of condenses all of those awkward pauses and silence, yeah. uh, into something that sounds much more cohesive. Uh, but I listened to it at normal speed and I was like, ugh. <laughs> well. you know, we're, we're just doing the best we can. Yep. I think we're doing all right. You've got a. I was listening to um, a, another podcast today. Uh, My favorite murder. If anybody Love has ever listened to that, yes, 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 yes. And and Karen, who's one of the hosts, said you have a podcast inside of you, uh, as kind of like a huh. you know an inspirational thing. Um, so yeah, you have a podcast inside of you, and it may not be good because ours isn't, but we try. Yep. And every once in a while, we we you know we have something good to say, and it's uh, it's helpful. And other times we rant about taxes. Yep. But actually, this is this might be the most helpful. It might be the only helpful one <laughs> that we've done. The rest has been us kind of, you know, shooting off about our opinions on things. Yeah. This, this was the easily the the most fact checkable. Yes. Um, of all of our all of our episodes. Probably true. And and that's the one thing that you do need to consider is that you know I I talk a lot about you know people. People are asking like, how much should I practice and what kind of modes do I need to focus on and, you know, all of this stuff. And I was like, you need to put your music books down and you need to pick up a business book mm-hmm. because if you want to be successful, it doesn't matter how many notes you can play. It's what you can, you know, it's, it's, it's all the packaging and the marketing. And I, you know, I was reminded of that again, launching a website and coming up with copy and doing all of this stuff that I, honestly gives me, you know, gives me energy and gives me life, uh, that I don't do quite as often. And even my wife was like, you're always doing band stuff and the, and, and the tone is very different. So it was very interesting to see, mm-hmm. you know, the, the way that you were able to, you know, kind of put on a different hat. It's all the same. It's, it's two sides of the same coin, but you know, there's all, there's all different approaches and, yeah. you know, we are musicians and we are guys who love performing, but, we're also entrepreneurs. We, we, you know, we get off on the creative, this is just as creative as, as, you know, any other endeavor, you know, building a business out of nothing and, and, you know, watching and not watching, you know, hopefully making it grow and, you know, trying new things. That's, that's a part of the process that we, we really dig. So. Yeah. All right, man. Very, very informative. Yeah. We'll call it for, uh, for this week. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Johnson. And in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 21. Have a good week.